0: It's the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. This is another game day for the Warriors. They won 106-100 to 100 against the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. Strange game. Lots of missed open shots, and just kind of just weirdness in this game, and great performances from Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry. So here here with me to talk about it is Andy Liu of Warriors World, and the two of us go through a lot of the different possibilities and, and everything with the game. Conversation runs about 35 minutes, and also I want to apologize ahead of time, my mic sounds worse, Because I changed mics, actually, and Skype didn't recognize it, so it used the built-in one. So I apologize for that. It will be remedied. It has already been remedied, but it will be remedied in the future. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Daddy, yet again. Yeah. Well, so this was a a kind of an unusual game for me in a different way than the new Orleans game was, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from tonight's weird win?
0: Yeah. Another, another weird win um, or interesting, I guess the biggest takeaway was, uh, Draymond Green decided to play defense, and he's still the anchor uh, for that defense in the middle. He can still protect the rim. He can still rebound. And uh, he still doesn't have any type of shooting ability on offense. But when he's, uh, when he's in tune and when he's playing defense, his team is like a whole different animal. Um, they, they kind of blew that lead that they built up there at the end, that weird final minute or so, but, um, yeah, man, Draymond still got it on defense and, uh, this team needs it badly, way more, I think, than we could have ever imagined, at least in the regular season so far.
1: Yeah, that gets into a couple different things I want to discuss. Uh, let's give Draymond credit first of all. For an example, in the second half, you know that I don't love plus minus, but he was one of, I think, one of five from the field in the second half and was plus eleven. And the plus eleven is indicative of how well he played, so you know you can deal with that, especially when a team has the stars that they do, but the second part might be more important long term, which is just that Paolia and West, especially Pachulia, defensively look just i don't know if it's a step slow if they look lost or both, but they're just not there,
0: yeah they're just i mean I'm- at least kerr playing Vergel, so there's that. I guess that's a, a little bit of a good thing. Looney didn't get any run there until late um, into the second half. But, yeah, Pachulia, West looks much worse, I think, than Pachulia. West is, can't even move uh, on defense on those pick-and-rolls or even getting back on defense when the other team is running in transition, which is like, I mean, like we're talking about getting back on defense. <laughs> I mean, that's not even, that's like basketball 101. Um, and then Pachulia uh either doesn't want to shoot around the basket uh bogus style or he's making like these weird little nifty passes which are kind of working but i mean just shoot the ball you're five feet away but um yeah i mean his defense isn't great either and it's not like looney is a great solution so i think that the warriors will just honestly just keep struggling uh at that center position and on the other side it's just just make more open shots because they uh because if they can just make open shots, it glosses over the fact that they're probably not going to get too much help from Daza and West moving forward here.
1: Offensively, I'm not particularly concerned. I mean, Steph talked about it after the game with Roz, but really, they're getting... Uh, tonight, they got good looks. There were some in the in New Orleans game as well. Like, that was a difference with the Spurs. They didn't get many good looks against the Spurs, but they're awesome. So, that happens. But... Today they got the looks and they didn't go in and they still won. So that's the sort of thing that you can deal with and you can adjust to. And you know Clay was O of six from three. They had a lot of a lot of point blank misses. Like we we saw a fair amount of that today. And you know the, that that sort of <laughs> yeah. thing gets ironed out with time. But. I, so, so the way I'm kind of approaching the offensive stuff is, yeah, the turnovers are a little bit of an issue, and eventually that will will reduce. It will still be something, you know. That it it w- it wouldn't be the Warriors without some sort of turnover concern, <laughs> but. The other guys, like, particularly so, the Big Four and then Iguodal and Livingston, it seems like a lot of their stuff is just figuring stuff out. You know, like, there were a couple passes where Draymond just didn't anticipate, you know, where Pachulia was going to be or Pachulia missed somebody else and that sort of thing. But with the main guys, that's not a problem. Pachulia and West, it's just, are they physically capable of playing in the way that the Warriors want? And that's a bigger question because if they can't, they don't really have a ton of other options. Right. It's like, what can they do, right? I mean... That, that, that's kind of like my,
0: my thinking is what can they do even, you know, we thought when they signed these or when they um, when we thought when the Warriors had signed these guys for the price tag that they were at, which is you know, still worth it considering that you know, not much went into it, doing three mil uh, for Zaza and then the min for uh, West, if I recall correctly. And it, it's just like you don't necessarily expect too much, but they do need someone to at least give them mediocre minutes. Do these Even count has minutes that are mediocre, the 20 that Zaza is giving you, and, you know, the 10 to 15 that maybe David West is giving you. Um, Because that's kind of what you're hoping for. And I think that when the team is struggling like this, um, like you're saying, like kind of just small little mistakes like Draymond Green rolling but Steph thinking he's popping and then you know throwing it away or Kevin Durant getting it to Clay and Clay just missing an open three like those kind of things usually gloss over how not so great these guys are so that when the shots don't go in um when the shots don't go in they're not getting stops so not everything kind of compounds itself and then it gets uglier and then these guys just look a lot worse um, so I think, I don't think it'll get better. I think, I think it's just the other guys just need to play better, um, cause they're not playing their best. Um, because I don't think that for Weston's other, these guys are going to get any better than this. Um, and I guess maybe not any worse.
1: I think they'll get better just, just in terms of the mistakes that are being made due to comfort. You know, the ones that are more athleticism and recognition based, those mm-hmm. might not get better, but just... A few, let's say, like cutting down two turnovers a game, or just like a, a ball that gets stripped. Maybe it even, maybe it even stays with the Warriors, but it just it, it kind of ruined a good look. That sort of thing will get better. But the other, like, central idea of the Warriors, and I I talked a little bit about this. I'm going to write about it too. Is the idea that the Warriors don't really need that much in the playoffs out of these guys, but they do in the regular season just to keep the miles off the tires of. Durant, Curry, Green. So even if you know if they can get a little bit less bad than they've been so far, then even just sopping up minutes, and that's also goes to the idea of trying other guys in that. And I don't know if the nature of this of the of that kind of personal relationship with Petrulia and David West is that Kerr feels an obligation to play them. When and if so, how long? You know, like do they have are are they basically penciled in for like Zaza for the starter's role and X number of minutes a game, David West? Or are they gonna be cool with having a smaller role, maybe from time to time, maybe more generally, when other guys are playing better. And they haven't really given the chance for other guys to outplay them. Looney did well against the Pelicans, but other than that, JaVale has had no meaningful minutes. Farajal isn't that good and hasn't really gotten a chance. So I I legitimately don't know how he's going to approach that, because Kerr, in general, has been very much about keeping players happy, but these are not guys that have built equity with the Warriors because they're new additions.
0: Right. Right. Now, that makes sense. And and he has well, I, I have a I don't I don't I don't want to veer away from it too much, but I think that he likes playing uh, someone like Zaza and someone like David West uh, because they're able to get the ball in then mid-post area and able to make passes. Someone like Looney and like JaVale aren't able to do that. At least for JaVale, he probably won't be able to. For Looney, at least not right now. Um, And so for someone that isn't able to do that, they're probably only able to just do a pick and roll or a pick and pop. So that runs counter- um, I think you probably know this, but uh I don't know the exact step but the Warriors don't run I don't think they're like the highest in terms of how many pick and rolls they run. They're more of a um like get the ball in and then run uh motion, off ball, things like that. I think I'm right. I'm not, uh, although you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um but to someone like Looney and JaVale, they're when they're in, they're usually just gonna be most effective and in, in my opinion in just running pick and rolls. Which honestly, I think they should just run them more with those guys in and more athletic. They're able to at least get an offensive or defensive rebound on the other side when they're um, when they're playing defense. Um, And the Warriors, they're going to get open shots regardless of what system they run. Um, So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like revolutioning, you know, changing up their entire offense, but it's like, you know, you don't have to get the ball to the center every possession, you know. You don't have to have Steph run off ball, you know, screens every possession. Have KD run more pick-and-rolls, have Clay, you know, have these guys run more pick-and-rolls, and and just have JaVale and Looney roll to the rim. I mean, you're going to get open shots regardless. um, And then on the defensive side, um, at least you'll have more athleticism. Them in more length, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is at this point, I think. I don't know if it's uh, a point worth, worth making.
1: Yeah, there. Eric Freeman was kind of who's who's writer for Yahoo was asking the question of like what's going on with the Warriors or like who's to blame and for my answer was give me two weeks because we need to see how they adjust to this because if the adjustment is basically do the same thing and it doesn't work well then maybe you have to start thinking about changes but if you know like if they start trying to fiddle with personnel and all that and you don't want to panic like you really don't want to do anything crazy like that right my contention and this is a big concern for the Warriors is that opponents are not attacking them defensively in the ways that the warriors are actually weak like this I, I mentioned this at halftime if the suns ran high pick and roll twice as much as they did they would have gotten so many more buckets just because they couldn't Pachulia and west couldn't handle it they were losing tyson chandler they were losing the dribbler you know what, what however it worked there were there yeah. were seams in that and Phoenix does not exactly have the greatest offense for that for a couple different reasons. I mean, they don't have the only really good screener the screeners they have, like I think Chandler's pretty solid and Len is all right, it just depends. He's not the best he's not my favorite roller in the league. But eventually teams are gonna learn that. You know, even though the regular season isn't as much about scouting and, you know, all that sort of like specific game plans for specific teams, that's going to be a problem as soon as opponents figure it out.
0: Yeah. And it's not like and it's not like Javale helps that.
1: <laughs> well, a little it's bit, just because like, he's more athletic. You know, he can physically right. get from A to B. Like, there were mo- there were moments with David West where I was sitting there going, even if he read this play right, he wouldn't have gotten there in time. Like, there was one where he was going to try to close out on Eric Bledsoe, and Bledsoe was just gone. And so yeah. those sorts of things won't happen. JaVale is, not only is he faster, but he's also longer, and that, you do not most people don't think of it this way, but in, in certain times, length buys you space, and in other times, length buys you time. So it buys you space, like Durant's a great example of this, especially in this game where, you know, he could be a little bit further off the guy and either get a steal, a deflection, a block, you know, that sort of thing. But it also buys you time because if your reaction's a little bit late, you just don't have to go as far a distance because your arm just reaches farther. Yeah, I, and I I kind of thought, I think we all thought that this was kind of, would be like a Boston Celtics type of
0: uh, uh, cohesion, uh, type of uh, fusion that worked out quickly. And it looks more and more like it'd be more like the LeBron James-Miami Heat uh, 2010, uh, like, like what's going to happen there, where Coach Spo had... I don't think it's going to be as dramatic to where LeBron has to... Or like Pat Riley has to come down and tell LeBron what to do, and then Coach Spo has to figure out how to put him in the post, things like that, right? I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. I don't think uh, Draymond is going to shove Kerr on the sidelines, though that'd be phenomenal. That'd be entertaining. Um, I don't think any of that's going to happen, but I do think that um, you're correct in that two weeks, you know, they can keep doing the same thing. They'll figure it out. They'll probably make more shots. Um, but, I mean, there are tweaks to be made um, that, that that are going to be interesting to see. Um, kind of sucks to have a call out, um, cause out because he looked good. I mean, Clark is dreadful on defense, man. Um, I thought he looked all right in the preseason. He was really bad last year, so I thought it's coming in to be a little bit better, but oh, it's still... Um, it, it, it's ugly and Iguodala doesn't have a shot or legs under a with with Livingston those guys are kind of you know coming into the season slow getting in shape then um, so that makes sense but and I guess all that coming together is getting us to these points where they're winning single digit victories against very very below average uh, NBA teams um, which, which I guess makes it more entertaining.
1: Something I want to give Kerr and the coaching staff a lot of credit for was that Eric Bledsoe's a great one-on-one defender, especially because he's so strong. Steph can't pull off the same things on him that he can on so many other ones. So early on, they ran Curry a lot as an off-ball guy, and so the idea is that you know you can't you can't use strength as much off ball because they're going to call fouls in a way that they don't when a guy has the ball in his hands and so they used that curry scored the first 10 points for the warriors and then they didn't go back to it as much but they did it a little bit later and that helped unlock him and it's worth remembering that these guys can be a lot more versatile offensively and i think we saw a little bit of that from durant tonight too
0: yeah, Durant was was. I mean, it's funny. Durant is
1: for a stretch there in the
0: late first quarter and into into really the second half, where Durant was pretty much carrying the entire team on his back, um, kind of what he would do with the Thunder, which of course uh, allowed uh, um, Hoops Twitter to kind of make fun of uh, you know Durant coming to the Warriors to get help, but really at this point he's carrying the team through major portions of this early season so far. Oh, <laughs> which is pretty funny stuff. I mean, partially it's true, um, and and the Warriors will figure out later on that on offense it's not going to be this difficult. But yeah, K- K- KD really carried this team. Both getting to the line, I think he had twelve free throws, which is something that the Warriors will never ever. He had, never, si- he had ever...
1: sixteen. It was the 16, most. Yeah, it was sixteen. It was the most since Monte Ellis, Anthony Slater had this stat. It was the most since Monte Ellis back in twenty twelve for Warriors. I don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I both don't uh, uh, but yeah. I, that's that's a dimension that I think we all knew was going to be there right but to see it actually unfold um because it kind of stops the momentum I, I, I'm a person that believes in that i um, at least it believes in the human element that momentum is real um and so I mean he, he's able to do that and and that's going to be and that's going to be key when Draymond shot us off which it was Clay shot is off if he's not there so Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but it is funny that KD is carrying the team with Steph at this point so far.
1: Yeah, and there was a stretch in the second quarter when they were getting all those shots for Durant, but one of my takeaways was that they also weren't getting to the, I mean, other than Durant sometimes, they weren't really getting to the rim very much. And that is something that should open up with time. It's also something that is helped when you can play five shooters as opposed to, you know, somebody more like Zaza, who the other team doesn't have to guard unless he's involved in the action that far out. Not that he's bad with the ball in his hands, you just defend him differently. And so they will have to kind of piece together when they can get those moments, but I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is that the idea of the Warriors when they're not getting stops, and so feedback loop is is a term, uh, Seth Partnos written about it well back when he was at Nylon Calculus, but the idea is basically that it's easier to score after you got a stop, and it's easier to get a stop after you get a score, okay. and usually the Warriors are one of the best teams at using that to their advantage and going on runs. However, we've seen a couple times already this year, the Spurs, actually all three games, there have been moments where where the opposite has happened, where the other team has gotten a few stops, and then the Warriors' transition D has been terrible so far, and then they go on a run. I think the Suns went on a, like a 16-2 run, and then that expanded to like a 22-4 run or something like that in that first quarter, and you know those are going to happen at certain points. There's a reason why basketball is a game of runs, is that that is the way that it works a lot of the time, but it's weird to see it from a team that has been stout defensively for all these years.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much my biggest, I guess, non concern for this team um, is, is that exact point you're making is that when the Warriors, when they go on these, and they really yet to come up with one this season, through three. I can't even think, I've rewatched both games, the first two and this one, and I can't really think of a big, like, 10 0, 12 0 run that they made that was, like, stop. Turnover, you know, transition three, another stop, you know, layup, and then transition three again, you know, something like that. And that really, really hasn't happened because they can't get a stop. Um, and so even when they do, let's say they get one, they get one big three, they come back and the, and the other team um, just goes straight to the rack, even against their, you know, even against their depth lineup, go straight to the rim. The layup and it kind of breaks down from there so yeah i mean it's gonna be um i i think that's the reason why they're fine um is because throughout these past two seasons they're able to go on those runs and three games doesn't necessarily unravel those two seasons um especially when you add someone like durant um and so i think that that makes sense and i think they need like they need like a, a cathartic moment um these guys, they need one because it hasn't happened yet in the regular season, where they're just like everything is cooking and everything is working out. Now maybe it happens on the road. Maybe it happens against Portland, who's probably going to want to play up and down with them. Maybe it'll happen at home just because it's more comfortable. They're able to run around and do crazier things, and then maybe it'll work out. But they need—they do need that moment where they're like looking at each other, like, okay, this is going to work out. You know, the, we know it's going to work out, but we—we're actually in it now. We actually feel it. We actually made these couple threes. We're able to actually get stops here. Um, And turn this game from like a five point lead to a 25 point lead, which is what they're used to doing, you know, in the past two seasons. So I think that moment is coming. Um, and I think these guys need it at this point because they're really kind of slogging through these victories, um, so far.
1: They are. And there are a lot of things to look for in the Portland game. And one of the biggest for me is. How they choose to defend Damian Lillard. So, with Lillard, normally, like let's say it was a playoff series, you probably put Clay on him and put Steph either on CJ or just one of, you know, Parkless or whoever their their other dude is. But, you know, it's it's a regular season game. Maybe you don't go through that as much. But then the other thing you can do is you can trap, let's say it's a Lillard Plumlee pick and roll, you can trap Damian Lillard after that. But that requires that kind of scramble communication defense from the remaining three guys that we haven't seen a whole lot this year. And so, I'm excited for that game just because it brings a challenge that will be clarifying. You know, the the Pelicans are are an unusual team because they're at this point they're so dependent on Anthony Davis, and then the Suns really were egalitarian to a point in this game, you know, it felt like Bledsoe and TJ Warren, well, TJ Warren got, like, 21 shots up, but I, it felt like they could have shot more. Like, they could have been more aggressive than they were, and they just were balancing it out, and they had some, at their best moments, they had some really nice lobs. So getting to a team that really runs a foundational component and just does that again and again will be more of a, let's call it, traditional challenge for this team.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, yeah, uh... It's going to be one of those games where the Warriors are just going to... I think the Blazers are going to want to fight fire with fire. So that might be able to unlock that type of um, crazy environment that the Warriors thrive in. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that I think that if they lose Steph, um, that that's their biggest concern. You know, that that's the guy that they can't really live without. But then when you watch these games over and over again, you're like, man, they really can't lose Draymond, can they? Like, they really can't lose him in the middle. Um, even, you know, even with KD's length. Um, you know, even tonight when Katie has several several different, you know, stolen passes and tips just on the fact that he's like 7'5". <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, Draymond in the middle is still the best rebounder, honestly, like by far. Um, just the way he can go between people and how physical he is and then him pushing the ball and passing. When he's on... Like when he's on the way he was to the second half tonight, he's still he, he's still ridiculous. Um, that that shot maybe might not might not be so great though.
1: So. And he can contribute in other ways. And one of the major things about having the firepower they have this year compared to last year, I mean, the difference between Barnes and, and Durant beyond defensive ceiling, which we won't really see during the regular season, is just the idea of that they can carry the team. Barnes did an admirable job for long stretches of maximizing the opportunities that were in front of him. You know, if they gave him a corner three. He'd hit it enough at the time. But if Draymond's shot isn't falling, if Clay's shot isn't falling, they can survive that in a way that they couldn't have last year. And that's something we saw, like even in the finals, you know, Steph being 70 80% of himself. There just weren't enough guys that could create. And Durant getting to the line is, is a major change. And also, you talked about his length. I mean, Durant. When we're looking more at the end game, the idea of Durant and Draymond, just like the, the rim protection that they can provide, right now, I mean, I'd say that's their best rim protection combo that they've actually given minutes to. Oh, yeah. Not
0: even, yeah, absolutely. Just, they, they, yeah, Zaza's not really, I mean, like, you can see guys actually seek out going to the rim against Zaza, especially in transition. One, he's not even able to get back, and two, he's not ever going to actually block the shot. So, um I mean a lot of the times with rim protecting you don't you, like you don't even need to block the shot you just need to be able to you just need to be able to get there um and stand between the person um and the rim and just do and just do like a, a what's that verticality uh, which is what Draymond is incredible at um and that that's that's really all you need and, and that 's the problem with the base because they, they can 't even get there in the first place so you 're not really protecting any Anything if you're not even ever in between the rim um, and the person. Um, so, man, I, I want to see. I want to see Ludi play more. I want to see Javale, um, even though it might not work out. Which you know, maybe it won't. But it's hard to watch those bigs, man.
1: Yeah, broadly speaking, and there are of course exceptions to this. Many, many exceptions. To this altering shots and deterring shots are more important than actually blocking them because. You get guys to take to make worse decisions, and also going for blocks as much as like let's say Hassan Whiteside does. You know, of course that can scare opponents and everything like that. But it also puts you out of position for rebounds and all that. And when the Warriors are playing small, going for blocks doesn't really suit them because there aren't enough guys to get the board in case the in case the defender does his job and Uh forces the miss. And so they, they need to kind of get that balance right, and they and they probably will. I mean, that is one part of this that they absolutely can do better. I'm going to give you a small stat just because I happen to be on this page doing, doing prep for my athletic pieces. While he's only played 27 minutes, the Warriors have played at their fastest pace with David West on the floor.
0: What? <laughs>
1: but that also might just be that the opponents are scoring so fast that because that because that, 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 that can't happen like you can't actually see pace be affected by how a team defends and that you know if the other team is doing that or maybe they're just getting a few but it's 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 close you know it's not like he's miles ahead of anybody else that's yeah that three-point shot that he had today was pretty funny oh um, man like he was <laughs> I, I, I don't i would trailer. love to I would love to get one of the assistant coaches whoever deals with him on truth serum to ask how many of those he's making in practice because you know back in the day in in 2013 Draymond just started basically gunning three-pointers in the Nuggets series, and I actually asked Mark Jackson, I'm like, why is he doing this? And Jackson said, well, he's confident in it, and he's been making them in practice. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, maybe he's just better than he's shown. David West hasn't really done this in his career. And, and, the, and, the, and that shot was even worse because he, he took it really early in the shot clock. I think it was 18 seconds or so. And you can usually do better than that.
0: Yeah, he didn't have his feet. He didn't really have his feet set. He kind of walked into that one. It was kind of like a Draymond trail three, actually. Um, oh, nice. which Draymond is Draymond was all right at, which is, that kind of spe- speaks to the next point, which I have, was I don't actually mind Draymond just jacking away, just shooting threes. Uh, maybe not the ones where he drives to the rim and is pretty out of control, but I don't mind him shooting more than threes. Even early in the shot clock, the thing with Dre is that he's such a rhythm player. Like so much, this team is kind of like a rhythm team. I think just on the fact that they should shoot so many jumpers, um, so it, it's kind of kind of hard for them to just come out and just just. Even though you know they are the best shooters in the world, but with especially with Draymond, it's he, once he hits that first three, um, once he hits that first three, he just feels good and he's just out there playing and he's not really thinking. And the thing with him when he's thinking, he's pretty. Pretty below average. Starts making really random decisions, like the ones where he was, you know, had him in transition, threw it to the sideline uh, for a turnover there. I think late in the first quarter, which was pretty awful. Um, but when he hits his first couple of shots, he has this rhythm. Has and you know, compounded with the fuel he has for the game, it works out. Um, and I think it took him took him a while. Um, I don't think he was good in game one. It was all right in game two, and then it got really all the way until the second half of this game for him to really show up. Um and no matter how many points these guys score, they'll need him to actually be that, that you know, defensive player that he needs. And I guess I've spent about ten minutes of the spot now just talking about Draymond, but he, um, he deserves but, it. I mean, I,
1: especially especially when his stat line wasn't like KD's. I mean, Durant was ridiculous in this game. But Draymond offensively, the bigger issue might be just that he doesn't look comfortable or fluid on drives. The shot's going to going to do what it's going to do. Like that's just the way it is for him. But generally if he can have the ball in his hands and just kind of make his way towards the cup, he'll Either make the right pass, he'll get fouled. Maybe he'll get a layup, just depending on how it all works out. And there were a lot of times in this game where he just struggled to kind of figure out what he what he should do with it. It's not necessarily yeah. what he did do. Like he had maybe it was just Alex Len's kind of a an unusual guy. He's you know he's kind he's not super thick, but and he, but he moves relatively well for his size. And so maybe he thought. Len wasn't going to get there, and he did, and so there were times where he was probably expecting the foul, but since Len was there, you're not going to call a foul on a guy who's in position, generally, in that spot, and that should come with time, I mean, that would be the expectation, because he's a smart player, and he's done it for years, so I'm not as concerned about that part of it, you know, but doing that, but also, you know, like, there is this idea, was one of the biggest things that Kerr imparted to the Warriors when he took the job, was that they had... Too low of standards in terms of what was a good shot, and you know, under Mark Jackson, you know those those deep twos, those you know post ups with eighteen seconds left on the shot clock, you know all those kind of things. They were good. They were they were okay. You know, you could deal with that, and and it took probably until about February of the year they won the title for for guys like Clay and and even to appoint Steph to realize, oh, we can do better than this. And that's the equilibrium you want to reach for Draymond on threes, but it's really hard to do that with him because if he sees it and he thinks about it, that's not a good thing.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's when it goes downhill for someone like him. That's when you start thinking and uh, you're not just out there playing, you know, and I, and, and that is like, you know, not, not the core of the dysfunction, but really most of the agree- disagreements that he has with Kerr. Um, and, and it's going to be, this is going to be a fun season. So this is game three and we've got 79 left to go. And a lot of Warriors fans that I know, a lot of Warriors fans that I follow, a lot of people that cover the Warriors are already going at Steve Kerr um, for the rotations that he's had, for the things that he's done. So it, it's going to be fascinating the way he, Kerr had that one season where he won the ch- championship. Best coach in the league, I thought he was one of the best coaches in the league. Last year he was great again all the way until the finals where he uh, made some decisions that cost team title and now this season with the expectations this high it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, interesting to see the way people view Kirk. because again I mean we don't know um, we're not in the film room we're not breaking down the X's and O's with these guys so we don't actually know what they're trying to do all we're able to do is you know kind of see the results of what happens on the floor and kind of project and, and guess what these guys want to do. Um, so, so it's going to be fun to see how much slander, how much, you know, blame that he gets, you know, the more the team struggles or when they win. going to be interesting regardless.
1: Kerr has done a great job of keeping players happy and putting a kind of a system in place that is more demanding of them, you know, especially offensively, just forcing them to make better decisions. But rotations were always something that was never like, that wasn't really a strength for him. I mean, he, he had those weird things where he didn't trust his bench, especially after that game against the Suns early in his first year and so mm-hmm. the starters just played more minutes and then in the, it, the idea that he's has certain guys that he's very comfortable with so he would play verjao in the finals is the most obvious one but there are a lot a lot more zealy in game right. seven you know all those sorts of things and that could get better with time but it's not necessarily sure i mean greg popovich is is probably the greatest coach of all time. He's not particularly great at that either. It's just that he has amazing benches all the time and RC Buford, their GM and and everything else. They've done an amazing job. Like there was that weird game against the, in game seven against the Clippers two years ago, he pulled Kawhi because he like blew a switch and then he was out for, I think like six minutes and that sort of thing, just to send a message to the guy who won defensive player of the year. So no coach is perfect. And part of the fun of all of this is just, seeing what somebody does well and some, what somebody struggles with and the idea that nothing is permanent. So he can get better at that. I mean, there, there's been some talk around, you know, media that Mike Brown has more, uh, has more involvement in rotations and all that. So we'll see if that bears any fruit, but it's exciting to have a team. And this is something you and I've talked about before, I think on the show, but also definitely off is to have a team that won 73 games. And, you know, nearly won the title and won the title the year before, but have this much uncertainty and this much to talk about this early in the season is pretty awesome for us.
0: Yeah, I don't know how we're going to get through that. I don't know how we're going to get through all these games. I was under the light assumption that the Warriors would make this season a little bit boring by just coming out and blowing teams out by about 20 like they did last season, that is not going to be the case. We have storylines across every single game here going forward, and I think that, I don't know, I guess this is a good uh, question, you know, final question or something like that, but how many games do you think they figure it out in the regular season? Obviously, different story in the postseason, different type of play, right? But how many games do they take to figure this out and then get comfortable and then start to look like who we think they are? At least for this season,
1: there is no real set rule on it. I mean, it took Miami more than a year. I've used the idea of two months, so you know, around around New Year's, as being a time that they'll really start okay. to start to figure it out. But I didn't expect the defense to be like this. Like that, for me, the two months was more about knowing where guys want the ball, you know, making the right passes, guys cutting at the right times, all that sort of stuff. It wasn't we're we're not getting back on defense. We're not we're blowing these pick and roll coverages, that sort of thing. Because that. Is you have a, a longer issue because there is some part of it that is diagnosis—that is, okay, what's going wrong—and then fixing it and all the and then implementation. Whereas offensively, I think they know what they want to do. It's just taking some time to get it right.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I, I don't, man. I, I wish we were like ten more games in, so I had a bigger sample size. At this point,
1: it's well, just kind well, of. We'll get there. That's the other. That's the other part of this. That's very important to remember. Is that you know, exhibit patience. This always takes time. And while there was continuity in terms of like the three all NBA guys and everything like that almost everybody else is like in a, in a different role or different situation. Like Sean Livingston, yeah, he's playing similar minutes and all that, but he's playing with Kevin Durant, which is a very different role than he had before. You know, a guy who wants the ball in his hands a lot, who's very good with the ball in his hands. You know, it's going to take those guys a long time to figure it out too. And and Andre, I mean, I think that he's in the right place a lot of the time. He just has been missing those shots.
0: Yeah. I it's fascinating because I used to be, and I was talking to Sam and then uh, Jacob, uh, Sam and and Jacob Greenberg as well. It's, it's fun because I used to be a, a really, really hardcore Warriors fan growing up, and nowadays, you know, covering the team in the last like, three or four seasons, it, kind of less so just because, you, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It, cha- you it changes your relationship
1: with the team. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's just yeah. the way it is. I mean, even if you don't, Feel objective just in that, like, you know, the old, old timey hat with the, with the bill and, you know, with the, with the notepad in it kind of journalist. That is just the way you are, partially because you're not allowed to cheer in the press box, partially because it's just like you're talking to the guys in the locker room. And it's, a, it's a different dynamic. And that's also one of the things that's weird for me, like the two of us that are different is that I used to cover the Niners and Giants, who I grew up a fan of, but I didn't grow up a big fan of the Warriors. So it was always easier to make that transition than it was for the Giants or the Niners, where I would just get sad when they lost.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was like even the game seven loss. It was kind of like. I, don't know, I mean, it was kind of sad, but I knew that if if this happened like five years ago when I was in high school or college or something, I would be like depressed and like crying or whatever. It well, is, and, right. Whatever and did you think about that.
1: did you think about how great a story it was too? Like that was one of the things that got to me. Is like, oh, yeah, well, it's sad for the Warriors, it's sad for their fans, but wow, what a story! And that's like that right, was kind of a right. change.
0: Right, yeah, it was like it didn't come up first, but like after a couple minutes, I was just like, Look, I mean, LeBron just came back 3 1, you know, and won it for the city of Cleveland. You know, he promised him a championship, and he got it done the first year, or at least the second year that he came back. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, it, it, it's more like everybody kind of gives a bad connotation about narratives now, uh, which is kind of annoying to me because I love narratives. It's just like the narrative to every story or to every season or anything like that, it kind of takes precedence over whether the team that you root for wins or loses. Um, At least, you know, even for me, I mean, obviously, you know, want the Warriors to win, it's more fun that way. But if they lose, I mean, the story is going to be great regardless. So um, I I guess that's the one thing, Like, I I don't know if I can handle 70. 70, I don't think I can handle 79 more games, but it's going to be great um, covering the team now that they're not as boringly awesome as we thought they were.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. All right, Danny. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Andy Liu for taking the time to come on. You can read him at Warriors World, and you can also follow him on Twitter at Andy AndyKHLiu. That's A-N-D-Y, the letter K, the letter H, L-I-U. And one other stat that I wanted to throw out there, just because it blew my mind when I was kind of compiling stuff for, for the athletic pieces, is that Kevin Durant only touched the ball 56 times in this game. He had 36 points, and he also passed it 25 of those times, so he only really held it, if you want to call it that, 31 times, got 36 points out of it, which is absolutely incredible. And some nights, the Warriors are going to need that kind of production from him. So good to have him, obviously, and uh, a big performance in the sense of knowing that that he can do that for this team when absolutely necessary, and that big stretch when Curry went out with foul trouble, and Durant helped keep them in it, and then he carried them in the second quarter as well, so a notable performance for him, Steph, Draymond's defense in the second half was great, and a lot, of, a lot of good stuff going on. For those of you who enjoy reading my work, you can check out The Athletic. I will have a player-by-player review out tomorrow morning, and then a game analysis out tomorrow afternoon at some point, point. and then there will be a new, of course, a new podcast on Tuesday, and then Tuesday is also the big Warriors-Blazers game, and I I think I have a guest, but I'm not completely certain for for Tuesday's episode either way, can make it work. If you have any feedback, other than the the mic thing, because obviously I I know about that, and I do appreciate any other feedback, and you can reach out to me various ways, at Danny LaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X, M B A at gmail.com, I have a Facebook, Locked On Warriors has a Facebook, with Danny LaRue, Locked On Warriors, Locked On Dubs on Twitter. And then if you want to send stuff to the show for whatever reason, if that makes you happy, you can send it to LockedonWarriors at gmail.com. Everything forwards to the same place to make sure I don't miss anything, but it will note that so then I can I can kind of keep it in a different place mentally. So I really do appreciate all that. If you support this show or any other podcast you like, please subscribe, download every episode leave a rating, leave a review, That all that stuff is, is very important because people care, sponsors care, all that sort of stuff. And so very excited to be a part of the Locked On Network. Also, since the Niners were off, thankfully, on uh, this week, if those of you who want to hear the Niners, I'm sure John's doing some great podcasts on Locked On Niners, but that was a, a crazy, sh- shocking Raiders game. I, I caught the end of it and little bits and pieces throughout. And so you can definitely check out Locked On Raiders, a great resource for those of you who are into football and really any other NFL or NBA locked on. We have a very good group of people doing high quality analysis on every NBA and NFL team. So I highly encourage you to check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs, our four-pack of LED bulbs is 9 dollars and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked on Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm JD Young. Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's
0: groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered.
1: Whatever happens with Team Tail every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast.